Hello everyone, Mark here with a teaser of what's happening over on Patreon. Every month a new bonus episode is released on Patreon for members to show my appreciation of the support they are extending to the show. These bonus episodes have allowed me to head back through the series episodes where I take topics that were covered briefly and then explore them in a little more detail. These bonus episodes haven't taken anything away from my initial vision of the series, but have allowed me to supplement it with topics in isolation. This teaser is designed to give you an idea of the topics we cover and if these bonus episodes would be of interest to yourself. The teaser for the latest release will remain on the normal feed for a month and then replace with the teaser of the next bonus episode to come out. If you are interested in supporting the series, please consider heading over to the Casting Through Ancient Greece Patreon page, where you can get access to these bonus episodes plus other benefits. Hello everyone, thank you for the continued support here on Patreon, and welcome to our next bonus episode. We'll be continuing our theme of the Greek and Persian Wars, with us focusing on the Ionian Revolt this episode. Last bonus episode, we covered the period in Anatolia that would lead up until the time of the Ionian Revolt. We did this through looking at the initial contact that had been made by the Greeks and Persians in Anatolia. This, as we saw, would see the Greeks in Ionia have some of the earliest contacts that we hear about before the Greeks of the mainland would. This, as we could see, was through obvious reasons. The Persian Empire was now on the doorstep of Lydia, the empire the Ionians lived within. As we know, Persia would come to defeat the Lydian Empire and claim their lands as part of the Persian Empire. This would see the Greeks of Ionia now living under Persian rule. It's the Greeks of Ionia under this Persian rule that we'll be turning to this episode. Even though we have covered the Ionian Revolt in the main series, I wanted to focus on two elements of it this time around. Firstly, I want to look at why the revolt would break out in the first place, with us looking past the main narrative presented by Herodotus, and looking at the bigger picture. The second element also fits in with this, which has to do with the notion of individuals driving events, or would these figures be products of their time, swept along with developments. As we have seen, Herodotus presents events centred around individual figures. However, we don't have to look too hard in his account, where it appears more than the actions of these men were at play. But first, let's reacquaint ourselves with the period and the events of the Ionian Revolt before looking at these elements within. The Ionian Revolt was part of a larger revolt that would break out through the Anatolian coast, where the Greek colonies were established, while the island of Cyprus would also join in. We know it as the Ionian Revolt as our main source of proceedings, Herodotus, would focus on the region of Ionia as they would connect themselves to the Greek mainland when seeking assistance. We had seen, with the Persian defeat of the Lydian Empire, they would come to eventually control all these regions, seeing that these Greek cities were now living under Persian rule. This would see them now all having to pay tribute to the Persian Empire. At the heart of the revolt was the dissatisfaction that the Greek cities of Ionia and wider Anatolia had with the tyrants that ruled their cities. We are also told that following parallel to this was the actions taken by two influential figures in Miletus. These were Histiaeus now in the Persian court, supposedly mistrusted because of his ambition, while Aristagoras would be the other, who was now the tyrant of Miletus, having inherited it from Histiaeus. The beginnings of the revolt, we are told, would be in the failed expedition that Aristagoras would convince the Persians to support against the island of Naxos, who were not part of the Persian Empire. He had seen an opportunity to extend his own influence while also gaining favour with the Persians. However, this joint operation would fail and Aristagoras would now be concerned with his own position as Persian-backed tyrant of Miletus. 
This would then see Aristagoras incite the whole of Ionia to rise up and revolt against Persian control. Aristagoras would also travel to the Greek mainland to try and gain support for the cities there. Sparta would be first approached but would decline to give any military support based on the distances involved. Athens on the other hand had agreed to send support along with Eritrea in the form of 25 triremes loaded with forces. These forces would be used during the main Ionian offensive that would target Sardis, the administrative centre of the region. Though the offensive would be a failure with a combined Greek force unable to capture the citadel and then being defeated in battle when they tried to retreat back to their ships on the coast. The revolt would continue on after this defeat but without any more help from the Greek mainland. What would take place was a gradual resubjugation of the revolting regions over a number of years with Persian counterattacks taking place. By 493 BC, the Ionian Revolt could be considered to be extinguished, though in Persia's eyes there was more to be done to punish those involved. Anyway, this is a quick refresher on the revolt, but let's turn back to the beginning of the revolt and explore the causes of what led to the revolt breaking out, those Herodotus brings to the forefront of his histories and those perhaps in the background. So when looking at the beginning of the Ionian Revolt, we have two ways of looking at things. These would be the events that would end up seeing the revolt develop, this being the main focus in Herodotus' work. The other element is around the underlying causes that would allow for events to be taken advantage of, leading to conditions for a revolt to develop. It is these underlying causes that we will look to to try and understand the deeper issues that were present. This would then set the moods within the Ionian Greek cities and would then allow for the events that Herodotus would describe. As we have seen, the Greek cities over in Ionia were never particularly keen on being controlled by outside powers. This was clearly present during the time of the Lydian Empire when there were many attempts at trying to exert their control into these cities. It is hard to tell what was happening during this period, but it seems some cities were incorporated, though it then seems these cities would break away with Lydia not firmly in control of the region. Finally, towards the early to mid-6th century BC, during the time of Croesus' rule, most of Ionia would come under Lydian rule. These would see the cities having to pay a tribute to the empire, this being a type of tax. This could be in the form of money, produce and men to serve in the ranks of the Lydian army when required. We find that this experience would have a deep impact on the Greeks of Ionia, as this is where Herodotus would begin his histories with historical events. He would say, Now Croesus was the first barbarian known to us who subjugated and demanded tribute from some Hellenes, although he made friends with others. He subjected the Ionians, the Aeolians, and the Asian Dorians, and made friends with the Spartans. Before the reign of Croesus, all Hellenes had been free. For the Greeks, this would have been a shock to their way of life, with this new power coming in to benefit from their cities. The ordinary person probably would have not experienced contact with the Lydians much at all, but they would find that their day-to-day -day lives would start to be affected. The burdens imposed during these tributes being enacted would have seen artisans, farmers, and traders having to put proportions of their produce or profits aside to help meet the tribute amount. Well, I hope you enjoyed that taste of what's happening over on Patreon. If you would like to support the series, please consider heading over to Patreon, where you can gain access to the full version of this episode, plus many more. Alternatively, you can head to the Casting Through Ancient Greece website and click on the Support the Series button, where you can discover many ways to extend your support to the show. Thank you everyone for listening to the series, and I hope you continue to enjoy what is to come in the future.